change is often uh, not comfortable, but if you're not willing to change, you're not going to be able to successfully grow. So as we've been growing, I've been creating kind of new leadership boxes and have been willing to look at the company in new ways. Welcome everyone to the Ask a CEO show. Ask a CEO interviews bring us inside the corner office and C-suite for discussions with top executives about their journey to leadership and the reality of running their companies today. Our host, Greg Demetrio, is the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning integrated marketing company. He is also the founder of gregscorneroffice.com, the home of the Ask a CEO interviews. Greg has been in the business for over 30 years. He is a resource to the media, an invited columnist and speaker on marketing and business topics. Over the years, Greg has talked to hundreds of CEOs and executives about what it took to make it to the corner office and what it is really like being the leader of their companies. And now he brings those conversations to you. Here's Greg now. Welcome to the Ask a CEO show, a show that chronicles the journey of CEOs to their corner office position and what it's like running their companies on a day-to-day -day basis. Today, we bring to you a very special guest. Uh, Rich Human runs a company called H2M Architects and Engineers. Rich is a throwback to the old days uh, when you would start your career at the bottom rung, work your way up hard by hard work and initiative, and if you're any good, get promoted to more and more responsible positions. Not to say that Rich didn't do all of those things, but he started at H2M as an intern 34 years ago and was named CEO in 2013. And I might add that he's so outstanding that he's been inducted to the Long Island Business Hall of Fame. So Rich runs the 500 plus employee company today that undertakes architectural and design projects that range from treatment facilities to firehouses, from land surveying to road reconstruction, and from site assessment to remediation. Should be a very interesting conversation. So Rich, a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, Greg, it's a, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Thanks for inviting me. You know, I love, I love this job. You know, the CEO job of Lorraine Gregory is one thing, but my passion is talking to other CEOs because I always pick up a pearl and I can't tell you how many times I stole ideas and put them in my company because I'm just, I'm a much better CEO with that input than I am on my own. So thank you very much. And I'm going to be watching out for the pearls today. There you go. So, Rich, you started out a little different than most. Uh, and I, I, I said that in my intro, you started out as an intern in your company lots yeah. and lots of years ago. So tell me, before you actually got to H2M, did you want to be an engineer? What was that like when you were growing up? What brought you to that uh, decision? Uh, so, you know, I've always been one of those strong, you know, math and science guys. Uh, and, you know, athlete, I, I played some soccer and, uh, and, you know, was in, you know, math clubs and science clubs. And uh, my father actually knew one of the senior partners here at H2M, um, you know, back in the, in the early eighties and, um, you know, trying to give me some guidance. He had a, a conversation with uh, one of those senior partners and, um, you know, kind of got informed himself about engineering, what engineering is all about. So, um, you know, when he and I were talking about it, I said, you know, that sounds exciting. Um, and, you know, looking for, you know, something I could do in a career that would, 
uh, you know, be part of, uh, you know, making people's lifestyles better and building things and designing things was um, uh, extremely interesting to me. So I'd say, you know, I, I just kind of found my way into engineering and it's been great ever since. So when you were growing up, you were local, you lived local and everything, you, you knew about the company, your father was involved with the company. What was that all about, your, your upbringing? Uh, so I, I grew up in Hicksville. Uh, my parents both worked for the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, so, you know, we were a very blue collar family. Um, I think growing up, my father, you know, worked in the post office, deliver mail during the day and he parked cars at night um, and, uh, you know, did everything he could for me and my three sisters. Uh, and, um, you know, life was simple and life was good, but, you um, you know, we were all um, extremely hard workers and, and uh, you know, my, my mother and father instilled in me, you know, be committed, work hard, make the team better. And, you know, those are things that stay with you your entire life and things I think, uh, you know, help me make myself successful in my journey here at H2M. I'm, I'm, I'm almost harkening back to my upbringing, which was the same thing. Yeah. Show up every day, work as hard as you can you're responsible for the effort, the results will take care of themselves. Now, did you always have designs on rising up in the company uh, to the CEO spot or is it just happenstance or how did that happen? Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, early on it was, it was always about, you know, working hard, showing your value. Um, what else could you do? You know, how could I be a better team member? A lot of the work that we do here at H2M is collaborative, you know, we, we work as, as uh, team members in designing projects and, and building projects, which, you know, just, it provides kind of great, um, you know, institutional capacity in, in, in um, kind of making you who you are. And as I started to, you know, grow here, I, I found that there was nothing holding me back. You know, I, I, I never had a supervisor who was limiting me to, you know, make sure you get your tasks done, um, it was always if there was more that you believed you could do and could you bring more value, we're going to let you do it. And I was one of those people that, you know, saw opportunities whenever they presented themselves and jumped on them. And uh, I, I think the freedom that uh, people like Dennis Kelleher here and John Malloy here gave me the opportunities to grow um, really put me in the position to be able to finally ascend to being a CEO. So you got some encouragement from inside the wire, which is always a wonderful thing. Hey, kid, you're doing great. Keep it up, right? So that, that took you, uh, well, you were there since what, 1987 as an intern? 1987, I started interning here uh, while I was going to school. And, um, you know, never, I, I think I, I worked in the post office. My father got me a summer job there. <laughs> I think I worked at 7-Eleven and I worked at H2M. So that's been my entire professional life uh, has been that. So you've been a slacker. You never, you never really worked real hard, you know. That's your, that's you're an overnight yeah. success 34 years later. Yeah. Right? But you run a hell of a company. I mean, you guys are well, 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 well known, well established. I think you have, what, 500 employees now? Just about 500, yeah. Maybe you could tell, tell the audience about what the company is really like. What's the profile of the company? What's the market that you're in? And how do you go about servicing those types of accounts? Uh, so, you know, we're a, a multidiscipline design firm. And what that means is that we've got, uh, you know, in-house capabilities. We've got 
you know, a robust architectural practice. We've got uh, every type of engineering discipline um, that go into designing buildings, designing roadways, water treatment facilities, wastewater treatment facilities. So, you know, frankly, everything that goes into building our communities, H2M has internal expertise in, in doing that kind of design work. And, uh, you know, really over the years, what we've done to, to kind of grow and, and diversify our, our service offerings is if there's something a client needed, instead of, you know, going at a house, we figured out a way to develop the skill set in-house so that it didn't matter what the problem was on a project. We always had somebody here that we could send out to a job site, send out to a client meeting and um, really kind of control uh, you know, our own value that we bring to, to all of our clients. And, uh, you know, to me, that's one of the reasons why we're strong as we are. We've been able to grow as we have that, uh, you know, we're always willing to reinvest in ourselves yeah. and, and grow our own, our own services. So your, your growth was, um, how do I want to put this, um, based on client demand, but was there a design going forward? How are you going to achieve that growth? through that mechanism? That, there was a, a bit. I, so when I took over the firm in, in 2013, we were uh, a little more than 200 employees. Uh, and you know, we were coming out of the Great Recession. Uh, you know, work was tough. I feel as though you know, H2M maybe is compared to some of our, our competitors in the industry. Um, we avoided having to lay people off during that period. So that whole 2009 to 2012 tough period, we kind of stayed flat, um, but we trimmed ourselves up. We uh, invested in the right ways internally so that when the economy really loosened up and private sector started moving again and public sector started moving again, uh, we were really able to springboard forward. So we grew in from 2013 to 2016, almost doubling in our size over a, a three to four year period uh, and it's, it's been the way you just described it, you know, looking for opportunities with existing clients and new clients to provide uh, new services and, uh, you know, being yeah. willing to take some risks. Uh, you know, engineers uh, uh, don't often like to take risks. We're pretty conservative. I used to have a lot of hair. <laughs> um, you're, you're gonna have to tell I, me the trick of how you're maintaining yours, however. Yeah, I know, I, I will. Well, well I, don't know if, I don't know if I want to tell you that, I will. Okay. Offline, off okay. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I've been willing to, to take some, I think, strategic risks. And, you know, if you're going to grow successfully, you need to be yeah. willing to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you, when you, I'm assuming you have a board. Yes. I have a board of directors. So when, so when you approach the board and say, listen, I think I want to do this, how difficult it is to get them on board? Is it, is it a tough task or you got really good people that are behind you 100%? Uh, we're really aligned. So I have, a, I have a great board. Uh, you know, I'll do the things I need to do to, uh, you know, lay the groundwork so that when I finally come and present to them what I would like to do, uh, you know, it's not the first time they're hearing it. And, you know, I, I, I feel as though I'm a, I'm a good consensus builder. Uh, I'm very transparent. I'm very open and honest so that, um, uh, you know, if I present something, it's a bad idea. I'm, I'm fine taking that kind of feedback and criticism, and but it doesn't mean I'm going to stop. You know, I'll, right. I'll keep doing things I think we need to do. That's that's interesting because we all have to answer to somebody at some point. 
Yeah. Otherwise, it's a very, very lonely position if you don't have somebody to answer to. Don't yeah. keep your feet to the fire, right? Yeah. So, so listen, I'm going to back up just a hair. Yeah. Right? Because you, you, you were with the one company for 34 years, which is very unusual nowadays. Can you make a case for staying put and a case for moving on to greener pastures? Yes, absolutely. I think that um, you know when you find the the you know the right company, uh, the right opportunities, uh, as as I did, you can stay at one firm, and you know you can achieve whatever you believe you want to achieve for yourself and your career. Um, but if you're in a situation or working for a firm where you just don't see the opportunity for yourself but you want to strive and, and you want to ascend and you want to endeavor to, to do more and be more, um, then I think you do have to look outside of your own organization. Um, and that's something that's very personal. You know, people need to, they need to know for themselves where they want to go, what they want their career to be. Uh, you know, I believe it's, it's a company's obligation to give employees opportunities and, um, if you see them, I would I would much prefer people that are willing to throw their sleeves up and work hard and build. So obviously, I'm a you know stick with one company and, and make it great. Um, but you know we're not all made the same. So I, I think there are opportunities for people to maybe achieve more if they went to a new organization. You know, you know as as you deal with employees over the years, you try to bring them along, you try to wrap your arms around them, tell them, hey, this is a really good place to work and we'll give you all the opportunities. They're always gonna make their own decisions and you can't always impact that decision. You have to wish them well and say, God bless you. And if you ever get in trouble, give me a call, especially the good ones. The bad ones, all right, we'll see you later. Here's, here's coffee and go home now. <laughs> We've had yeah. those too, right? So. Listen, yeah. I, you know, it's now it's time for us to do a little uh, bill paying. So we're going to take a little commercial break, if you don't mind. And we'll be back uh, very shortly. Great. Thanks. Want to get your marketing and advertising out to the widest audience with maximum effect? Check out Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning agency telling personal and brand stories for more than 30 years. Tell your company's story with digital and traditional advertising and marketing. Visit LorraineGregory.com today. And we're back with Rich Human, the CEO of H2M Architects and Engineers. Rich, now it's a, you're running a 500 plus employee organization. And in terms of being able to keep the right people in the right seats, right? It's very, very important. How do you go about that? And how do you uh, uh, measure the, the performance and the success of those people in those seats? That's uh... That's a great observation, uh, and and probably the biggest challenge here, uh, I think, has been what you just described. And um, you know, for for us, as we we've, we've grown, we've been willing to reexamine ourselves. We've been willing to evolve, and that's also something that's not easy with uh, you know technical people, engineers, and scientists, and, and architects. You know, change is uh, often uh, not comfortable. Uh, but if you're not willing to change, you're not going to be able to successfully grow. Uh, so as we've been growing, I've been, um, you know, creating kind of, you know, new boxes, new leadership boxes, and um, have been willing to look at the company in new ways in order to allow people, you know, leaders who 
are extremely valuable in their current role, there's risk in pulling them out and you know, putting them up the next rung into the next leadership position because you have a concern, are the emerging leaders gonna be able to be as successful as that person was? Uh, and uh, you know, when you're growing rapidly, that's uh, I think one of the most challenging assessments to make is um, are you creating the right opportunity for people right. to grow? Are you selecting the right individuals to put in those new leadership positions? Um, and you know, if you make a wrong move, are you willing to talk with the people that you need to to acknowledge that you you, you made a bad move and you Might need have been to incorrect? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, clearly, an important an important topic. So you bring up leadership. Leadership obviously is what we live and breathe every single day, right? And success as a leader. Uh, it meets at the crossroads of style, style and substance. So in terms of your management style, how would you describe it? And why do you think it works as well as it does for you? Uh, so I, I would consider myself um, very open, very transparent, um, very willing to solicit feedback from people, uh, willing to take criticism, uh, but always somebody's going to be very decisive. So everybody here knows that um, I'm willing to listen, I'm willing to talk, but at the end, I'm making a decision. And my decision is going to be the decision that the company is going to uh, abide by moving forward. Uh, so, you know, you can, you can be a consensus builder, but you can't be decision by committee. To me, decision by committee doesn't work, um, you know, when you make your decisions, you need to then own them and make sure that uh, whatever needs to be driven within the organization that you're willing to, uh, you know, do that kind of work and and you know make sure that everybody here understands the decisions that are being made are always in the interest of the company and its employees. And when you uh, you know, create that foundation for yourself, uh, good decisions, bad decisions. I think people always look at you as you're always trying to make the best decision you can. Do you, do you think that, that your, your position as a CEO is very much that of a teacher, trying to bring the students along and get, on, get them on board? I know I find that myself, uh, that I'm always, I'm not, I'm not directing, I'm explaining, I'm encouraging, and I'm hoping that they come to the same mindset. Do you find that in your position? I, I completely agree, completely agree. Um, you know, people, nobody wants to be told what to do for the sake of the fact that you can do that, yeah. right? So you're a CEO, can you tell people what to do? Yes. Is it more effective and are you gonna get more out of people by explaining to them why we're doing it this way and, um, you know, giving them an opportunity to, to have a dialogue with you? Yes, I mean, that, that's how you're gonna get the most out of people um, you know, they're going to, they're going to become more loyal to you yeah. because, uh, you know, they understand your, your thought process and what's going into your decision-making. So, you know, being somebody who's willing to, uh, to teach, to, you know, provide information, give them your thought process, I think is a great trait in a leader. You know, I tell you what, I, I just love so much talking to other CEOs because it verifies the way I'm doing things. And it also gives me your play on it. So I can bend and modify the way I do things. And like you said, you can't, you can't lead by committee. Somebody's got to steer the ship. 
and everybody else has to roll with the oars. So it, it, it becomes incumbent upon us in the C-suite to say, hey, wait a minute, what's the best thing for the company? And try to make it as palatable as possible for those people who know are going to resist change. You know, you have to bring them along kind of like, all right, you're in the back of the pack, but we need you to step up a little bit more, you know? So I want to switch gears just a little bit. Uh, two, two things. Um, today in, in, in our world, culture, inclusion, diversity are all keywords, buzzwords, everybody's focusing on them. We're seeing more and more articles about it and so forth. What does that mean within H2M? Uh, so I, I, I think, you know, taking a look at, at who we are and, and, and how we've got ourselves where we are today, uh, speak strongly to our, our culture. Uh, you know, we have core values as an organization. We, we live and breathe them. Uh, I do. I, I am a, uh, a, a, a proponent of, uh, you know, walking the walk. And uh, because of that, I expect all the employees here to also walk the walk. Uh, core values are uh, a way to establish expectations of behaviors. So if you're an employee here uh, and you're working with other people at H2M, there should be a clear understanding of, I know how you're going to behave and you know how I'm going to behave because we're committed to our values. And um, values are what drive culture and elements of diversity and inclusion are always going to be made up of the fabric of the people that work here. And my responsibility is to establish a culture within the organization that um, you know, promotes the value of the individual, that uh, calls on every employee here to recognize the contribution that every person makes in whatever way they make it. Uh, you know, we, we, we understand that there, there needs to be a a heightened awareness to um, the things that you can do as a business and decisions you can make in order to promote further diversity and further inclusion. Uh, you know, in, in our industry, um, we're not good enough. You know, we're not good enough in terms of um, uh, how we represent ourselves as a, um, uh, a, a culturally diverse and racially diverse and gender diverse organization. And um, I've, I've established a, a women's leadership initiative here at H2M, which is, is going fantastic. And I've empowered uh, a lot of our female leaders to drive the initiative. And I sponsor it as, as the CEO. I sponsor this initiative and partnering with, uh, you know, Canon has done something similar. So, you know, my team and Canon's team have been working a lot together about, you know, how do you... Um, overcome some of the obstacles that are, are typically in place that uh, might cause females, as an example, to have to make some, some compromising decisions about their careers and their families. And um, you know, what can we do as a business to be as supportive as possible to promote right. diversity and promote right. inclusion? So it's, it's clearly a major focus of ours also. Terrific. So did you realize you were gonna have to be a social worker when you became a CEO? <laughs> I'm only teasing. I'm only teasing. So listen, like a lot of CEOs I interview, I understand that you're uh, focused on giving back and being involved with the community. So maybe you could tell the audience a little bit about what Rich Schumann is all about in terms of that. 
Yeah, I, I think it's it, it's a it's a great way to um, really fortify who you are and and let um, you know the people internally and this and and the world external to H two M understand what we're all about. Uh, you know, the, the projects we design have an element of legacy. When, when you're designing um, schools and uh, assisted living facilities and you're doing things to clean drinking water, uh, they all make up elements of your legacy. At the same time, H2M is very much about giving back to the community. And we do it in dollars. We do it in employee time and, and effort. We always look for opportunities to give back as much as we can to charity and, and community. And, and a couple of uh, just kind of important elements of that. One is I'm supportive of any employee who has a passion about a charity. It could be something that's personal to them. If they come to me and say, I have a, a family member who's afflicted by a certain disease with the company support whatever we're doing 100 percent of the time it's a yes i always say yes i try to create partnerships between employees and the company so if the employees do a food drive i will match you know everything that they might raise i will match it um and and you know anytime that we can be able to create the the type of excitement you uh, people love to do good things. Like people in general want to be good. They want to do good things. It's extremely rewarding. Um, the benefits of the company is, is not only the fact that we get opportunities to help where we can, but I think we create a, a spirit of core internally that really promotes teamwork and, and promotes selflessness. And those are things that really make a business successful. On the, on the business side, I know that you belong to certain boards of directors in the business community, which is another way to give back. Maybe you could tell us, tell the audience about that. Uh, yeah, so I, I sit on the board of the LIA, uh, which is- Explain it, that, explain that for our foreign viewers. We, we're, okay. glo we're actually global now, so they wouldn't necessarily know what- uh, No acronyms. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, the Long Island Association is a, uh, it's a leading uh, business group, business advocacy group here uh, on Long Island. So I've been on the board now for a number of years and um, it's a great organization that advocates for businesses big and small, uh, advocates for, um, you know, the, the, the economy, for uh, economic development. So that, that's a great organization. Uh, I'm also on the board of the Hotbog Industrial Association of Long Island. I was just voted the chair of the board January this year, so I'm now the board. Congratulations. Thank you. So um, this organization also represents, um, you know, businesses that are located in the Innovation Park of Long Island at Hotbog, uh, which is the second leading industrial park, uh, second only to Silicon Valley. So everybody's heard about Silicon Valley, right? That's one of the biggest industrial parks in the world. And here it is in the middle of Long Island, we have the second biggest industrial park. Uh, and, you know, there's just a huge economic benefit that comes from this park. Um, I'm, I'm also on the, the advisory board of uh, Cold Spring Harbor uh, Laboratory. Oh, very nice. Uh, which very is, nice. Which, which is, uh, uh, they do awesome. fantastic world-renowned research there, again, right here uh, on Long Island. So, um, Proud of that. Um, I'm, I'm on the board of the, the Interfaith Nutrition Network. It's, uh, uh, you know, 
commonly referred to as the Inn here. And um, it's a great organization that helps uh, feed the hungry and homeless in, in the middle of Nassau County. Um, so these are all just, you know, things that I believe I can do as a business leader to, you know, give back where I can in the community and, and, and kind of the business community. Yeah, I mean, it's, it becomes incumbent upon us as CEOs to, to help our fellow CEOs, our fellow organizations. The non nonprofit world has always been a big part of my life. Uh, I've been a member of the Association of, of Fundraising Executives. I've been on their board. I've been an honoree, a perennial sponsor, because I love those people. They're doing good things. And I can't do all the good things they do. So I have to help them, right? Yeah. And, and it's it's the same thing with the business organizations. But yeah. so I don't want to keep you all all day, but I have a couple more questions I'd like sure. to ask. One of them is what is one I ask of all the CEOs. What gets you up and going every morning? Uh, so I, I feel uh, I'm excited. I love what I do. Uh, I I I would say this, my, my dream job is probably being a professional soccer player, but I knew that was never going to happen. So this is probably my, you know, reality dream job. Um, but I get to do things every day that, you know, helps the, the, the families of 500 people. Uh, you know, I understand how important the things are. If the company's successful, then the employers are successful. Their families can be successful. And I take that as seriously as you can take a responsibility. So I would say, that's 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 kind of the, the the kick in the butt that I get every morning when I wake up. <laughs> and one last question. So our audience is a mix of CEOs and people on their own journey to the C-suite. What's one piece of advice you would like to leave with them? It could be either personal or business or both. Uh, so I, I would probably say uh, opportunities always present themselves you know, be aware enough to see the opportunities and, and be willing enough to take some risks because if you are, then you can find your way to, you know, the corner. Um, if you're not, you can still be happy. You could still, you know, find the right career for yourself because being a CEO is, is not the goal for every person. But if it is your goal, uh, you know, working hard and seizing opportunities is the best way to get there. Terrific, terrific. Thank you so much, Rich. I really appreciate you coming on the show. You're welcome. You've been a great guest. We've learned some really cool things about you and about H2N. Great. Right? So I'm going to say goodbye to you right now. And I'm going to close the show out by telling our audience that the recordings of this interview are available on video on Greg's Corner Office YouTube channel or on gregscorneroffice.com. And as a podcast on all the streaming uh, platforms that there are. So if you like the show, just uh, subscribe, like, and share everywhere. And you'll be helping us build the audience. Uh, we bring some really exciting CEOs to the game, and I wouldn't want you to miss an episode. So thank you all very, very much. And Rich, thank you again. You're welcome, Greg. Good Take job. Care. All right. That's a wrap on another Ask a CEO interview. We hope you enjoyed the talk. We'd love to hear from you. Visit gregscorneroffice.com, click the Ask a CEO tab, search your favorite listening app or view on YouTube. Click the subscribe button and don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye from Ask a CEO.